week two of a series called Different. I want to jump right into it today, but if you're just joining us for the very first time, we're looking at what it means to be different. We believe this, that Jesus came, he died on the cross, he rose again, he gave us relationship with him. Um, I was at the barbershop yesterday, and, um, and, and Stefan was shaving my head, and there was this, they play worship music in the barbershop, and this lady was worshiping. She walked in there, and she, the, she, I looked over at her, and I, I was like, man, I looked at, I looked at Stephanie, I'm like, man, this lady's worshiping. Like, she was, wor- have you ever, you, you, let me help you get there, because some of you guys are like, I don't know what you're talking about. You, some of you guys, how many of you guys, you be honest, you're a shower singer. You, you, you belt it out, yeah, you guys, I'm not, we're not going to judge you, we're in church, we're not, no judgment-free zone. You, when you get in the shower, you can sing as loud as you want. This lady was singing like you sing, maybe not in the shower, but maybe you sing in the car, she was having one of those kind of worship experiences where she's like, I'm getting it. I can't sing good, but no one can hear me. So Jesus thinks I sing good, but no one else does. So I'm going as hard as I can. And she was, she was getting, I look, and I look over at her. He, he, he has my back to her. He turns my chair. I look at her and she's hands, she's hands up worshiping Jesus. Her eyes are closed. She didn't care that the barbershop had people in it. She was just, it was just her and Jesus. And she made this comment I thought was, was so incredible. Stefan looked at her and he goes, man, you are getting it. She goes, that's that relationship worship. And I was like, we're about to have church in here. She goes, that's that relationship. And I'm like, and I'm like, get it, girl. Because when you have a relationship, it's different. When you have a relationship, we, we should look different. And so we're on this journey of what it looks like to be different. We think our marriages should look different. We think our finances should look different. We think our relationship should look different. We think the things that we say should be different. We think our, our thoughts should be different. We think our actions should be different. We think all those things ought to be different because of what God has done on the inside of us. And, and so we just believe that we ought, to be, we ought to be different. And this church, this group of people, they're, they're running. They're, they're scattered. Uh, Paul opens up and says, or Peter says, um, hey, guys, to the scattered Christians. They were terrified. They were running because persecution was happening. The guy in charge was a guy by the name of Nero. And I said this to you guys last week. I'm going to say it to you probably every week. So whenever I talk about Nero, you're, you can be like, you know, like this is the bad guy. But Nero would dip people in wax and put them outside on a stake and use them as candles for his outside parties. I mean, this guy was like, there's demented and there's next level demented. That's Nero. Nero was one of the most wicked people ever to live and ever to walk this earth. And so he lived this kind of life and he was different. And Peter and Peter saying to him, hey guys, it's gonna be okay. He says to him in the, first, the very first part of the chapter, he's like, hey, you guys, you guys are foreigners. Like you're, where you're at now is not where you're gonna be and where you're gonna be, where you're, where you're gonna be, is, is not where you're at right now. Your, your final def- destination is home. We're all, we're, and, and for you and I, he says to this, I think it's applicable to you and I, that we're all here temporarily. Our, our, home is, our home is in heaven. That's where our home is at. We're just here on earth for just a little bit. And he says, hey guys, I know you're being persecuted. I know things are tough. And he says to him in a very first, he goes, I, he goes, I, I hope that you have a, 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 an authentic kind of faith. A, a relational, she said, that was a relational, that was a relational worship. Like, oh, we hope that your relationship with Jesus is so strong that when people see this, I mean, they're genuine about their faith. It's not convenient kind of faith. It's not cultural kind of faith. It's not the faith that, the, it's not your mama's faith. It's not your daddy's faith, but it's a faith that's just so authentic and so real. And he says that to them. And we looked at a couple things last week and he says, hey guys, you're gonna have problems. And he says this to them. Problems are part of the process. Problems are part of the process. If you're in here today and you're gonna do anything significant, you're gonna do anything successful, you're gonna have, you're gonna have, you're gonna have problems. Problems are part of the process. If you have a house, it's gonna, you're gonna have to put a roof on it eventually. You're gonna have to put, you're gonna have to put a, a new sink in there. The counter is, is gonna break. I remember when we bought our house um, two years ago, or two and a half years ago, right when we moved to, um, to move to the area that we moved the house. I think the first week someone ripped the, someone ripped the door off, the, the, the face of the counter off. When you have two, two toddlers, like they're just two people yanking on it, like someone yanking on it. But problems are part of the process. 
If you're going to be in a relationship, there's going to be problems. You're going to have to work through those, those problems. And then we also realize this, that your problems are not permanent. Your problems are not permanent. Whatever you're going through, it's temporary. It's not going to, it's not going to last. It's not going to last forever. But Paul, or Peter, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes two-thirds of the New Testament. So whenever I open up the Bible, I just expect it to be Paul talking. This is Peter. Um, but we're going to keep on reading today in, in, in 1 Peter in chapter, um, 1 Peter chapter 1. We're not going to get to the whole book of, of 1 Peter, but we're going to try to kind of, kind of connect through it as, as best we can. But 1 Peter, um, we're going to be in, in verse 13 today. And he opens up with a pretty powerful, um, powerful thought today. And I think that we can kind of grasp onto it. And this is a, today's a big deal. I'm going to shoot you straight. Today is, today is kind of hard. Um, and I think all these are, all these, all these, all these um, chapters and all, this whole entire book is kind of a hard book because he's saying, hey, we're supposed to look different. And if you're honest today, a, a lot of people in a lot of our cultures, we know a lot of people, they're Christians, but they don't look different than, than the world. So he said, hey, guys, we should look different. And so he's basically saying to you, hey, do you look different? Wes, do you look different? Joy, do you look different? Debbie, do you look different? Stephanie, do you look different? Do, do, do you look different? Brittany, do you look different? Val, do you look different? He's, hey, he wants to know, do you look different? Hope Church, do you look different than, than the places that you go? When you go to the, the gym this week, are you different? When you go to the restaurant this week, are you different? When you go places, are you, are you any different than the, than, the, than the rest of the world, than the people who, who don't know Jesus? Are you different than the people that have no inward transformation? Do you, do you look different? And so he keeps on asking us, and he's kind of driving home the point. So these guys are running. They're scared out of their mind. And he keeps on going, and he says this to them. In, in 1 Peter chapter, um, chapter 1, verse 13, he says this. He opens up strong. He says this, verse 13. So think clearly and exercise self, self-control. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I, I find very few people are having a hard time thinking clearly. Just, there's not a lot of people that are, that are thinking clearly. You, you watch the news this week or maybe you watch a more a credible source, Facebook, this week, and it's not hard to tell that there's a lot of chaos in our world. People are, people are, are doing things that, you know, the injury and, and we see suicide, we see all these things on because people really aren't thinking, they're not thinking clearly. I was talking to someone this week and he said, you know, I'm reading the Bible and it's so crazy to me um, that Jesus knew what we would go through thousands of years later. And what I was saying to him is that it's so awesome to me to know that our scripture can transcend time. We're not reading an old book. I've told you guys this a handful of times. Like if you want to go, people are still writing self-help books. Humanity has been around for a long time. Why are people still writing self-help books? If humanity has been around for this long, why is, why does, why is there, if you go to the, to the bookstore today, why is there a bestseller on the front page about how to be a better person? Because people are looking all the wrong places for all their answers people want to be a better version of them. And I just, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and he said, why do you think marriages end? And I said, marriages end because God designed them. But if you're not basing that marriage on the Bible, they don't last forever. I was listening to a podcast recently and the guy said this, wherever you're at, you're eventually gonna, you're eventually gonna, if you're living a fake life, eventually that's gonna come to the light. Like there's gonna be, there's gonna come a moment where you're gonna be exposed. If you, if you watch football or you watch basketball, or if you watch whatever sport, there's gonna, a team can be so good for so long, but there comes a moment where, they're, where you find a weakness, and if you can find a weakness, a team's gonna exploit that, that weakness. There comes a moment. So you guys, hey guys, think clearly and exercise self-control. Exercise self, self-control. I grew up with a bunch of siblings, and we did not exercise a lot of self-control. Our parents were gone a lot. There were six of us. We chased each other around with bats, pencils, machetes. Like, we just didn't care. 
Like we would chase each other around the other day um, and it's, apparently there's, there's a thing called the sins of your father. They're, they're passed down. I saw Selah chasing Judah around with the, with the plastic bat. Thank God it was a plastic bat. We used real metal bats chasing each other. We just didn't care. We were savage. Before savage was a thing, there was the beach. And we were just trying to kill each other. Like we, they didn't, no one got hit in the head, but everything else is like fair game, you know? Um, like it's a metal bat, you know? So he goes, think clearly and exercise self-control. That's different. That's different. Your natural tendency is you want to just be like, just to run someone off the road. <laughs> but we're called to be, we're called to be different, Self, self-control. He says, look forward to the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. He goes, hey, you're going to put your focus, if you focus on Jesus, it's going to fix a lot of your problems. If you focus on Jesus, Hope Church, you're going to be different than the world. But if you focus on your finances, things are going to get sideways. If you put all your focus on your relationships, things can get sideways. If you put all your focus on your stuff that you have, it's going to break and go away. But if you put your focus on Jesus, those things line up the way they're supposed to line because you got to put all your focus on Jesus. Have some self-control. Have some, have some, have some, some clear minds. I, I want a clear mind. I don't know about you guys, but I need my mind to be clear. Verse 14. So you must live as God's obedient children. I want to be obedient. He goes, don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. He goes, hey, don't go. When, when you met Jesus, he goes, God changed your life. Don't go back to living the way that you used to live. Or now that we're in this persecution, don't run, don't run away. Don't run away. Don't, 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 don't take off and, and, and peace out now. Like stay in the faith. Stay in, have a genuine kind of faith, the kind of faith that we, where you stay. Where you, where you look different, not when things get hard, you don't, you don't run away, you, you, you stand strong in your faith. People know, that you're, people know that you're different because you're my son or my daughter. He goes, be obedient children, don't go back to your old ways. I don't know about you, but if you're honest today, sometimes it's easy to go back to your old ways. It's just easier to be the, it's just be easier to be the old ways. Um, I was telling Alex, like I, I'm super, like Alex lives with us for, for the whole entire summer. And that's miserable for anybody. So we've developed a couple other people that are gonna, that are gonna take her and, and adopt her for a couple weeks. But I told Alex, I'm, I'm super sarcastic. Last night I got giddy last night. Just go look at my story later. I don't, you can look at it during church. I really don't care. Just look at it eventually. But I got giddy last night at 11 o'clock and I was annoying Diana. I was annoying Alex. I just, and I get cut, the later the night, the later it gets tonight, the more cutthroat I get. I'm like just saying stuff you shouldn't say. I'm just going, I'm just, it's easy to go back to your old ways. If you, if, you, if you got saved and you had road rage, it's easy sometimes to go back to the road rage. It's easy to go back to the, to the old ways. Um, and so he, he keeps on going and he says, be obedient. Don't slip back into your old ways. And, and as we're reading these things today, maybe you're like, man, I'm, I'm, you can look at your life and ask yourself the question, am I slipping back into my old ways? Am, am, I, am I different post my, since, since I've been saved, since I've been changed? Am, do I look any different? Do I act any different? Are my thoughts, am I thinking clearly now? Or am I going back to my, my old ways? He says here, um, and then he says this, and this, I hate these next two verses. I hate them. My son later is going to be like, yeah, you're not supposed to say hate. <laughs> he says this, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Like holy is this, without spot. Holy is like next level. The only way I can describe to you holy is Jesus. He says, you're supposed to be like Jesus 
in everything you do. And if that's not hard enough, it gets worse. He says this, just as be holy, just as God who is holy. I want you to be like Jesus, Wes. If you want to be different, Wes, you got to be like Jesus. And if you're here today and you're joining us and you're like, man, I'm a new Christian. Now you're telling me like, because you say every week, Wes, you can come here just the way that you are. You don't got to be perfect to come to church. You can come just as you are. You don't have to look like us. You don't have to talk like us. You don't have to believe like us. But now you're saying be holy just the way Jesus was holy. That's hard. That's a hard pill. It's a hard pill to swallow. And he says here, it keeps on going. He says this, for the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am, I am holy. He goes, I want you to be holy because I'm holy. You guys, when you became a Christian, you became a little Christ. You get to be like me because I want you to be, I want you to be holy. I want that for you, us. And, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to put on some suspense for you a little bit. I'm going to tell you how to be holy later. That, that would make sense. I don't want to say, be holy. Good luck. Be holy. Come back next week. I'm going to tell you where, how, how to become, how to become holier, to be holy the way Jesus, Jesus was, was holy. But I want to work through a couple more verses today because I think there's some more good stuff in here today. He says, verse 17, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. He says here, you can do this. You, you, can, you, have, you can be holy. You, don't compare yourself to other people. Don't think, there's a, there's a lot in verse 17 that we can spend a lot of time at. We don't have a lot of time to, to work through that today. But he goes, hey, you can, basically says, you can do this. You can accomplish this. You can, you can be holy the way Christ is holy. You can do this. Every single one of us, we all can do this. This isn't something that's special for certain people, and it's not for some people. I think some of you guys may be thinking, well, that's for the missionaries. That's for the pastors. But he says, no, no, we're all on the same playing ground. I've told you guys this a thousand times. My dad said this to me, that we all put our pants in the same exact way. Um, some of us a little bit different, depending on how tight they are. But you, we all put our pants in the same exact way. We're all humans. We're all imperfect people because we all get to come to the foot of the cross and, and Jesus has no favorites. I heard someone say this so recently and it's so, it's, it makes me, I get so mad sometimes because I've told you guys before, I feel like all the wrong people have the microphone. Christianity is the most inclusive, it's not, we don't call it religion, but it's, for lack of better words, we'll use the word religion now, but it's the most inclusive religion that there is. Like what other, I mean, you get to come just the way that you are and Jesus loves you just the way that you are. He loves you. You don't have to be a certain nationality. You don't have to fall in line with a certain political party. Everyone, whether you're red or yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. The song that we sang grew up in church, we get to all come to the foot of Jesus. The addicts get to come to the foot of Jesus. The people who don't know they're an addict yet get to come to Jesus. The people who aren't addicts, we all get to come to Jesus. No matter what sphere you are on any level, we all get to come to the foot of Jesus. Every single one of us in here today, we all get to come to Jesus. And Jesus doesn't have any favorites. I mean, that's encouraging. But for some reason, there's a, there's a voice out there to tell people, hey, you got to get your stuff together. you got to get your act right. And then you get to come to Jesus. And that's not in the Bible. He doesn't have favorites. I love this translation. We all get to come to him just the way that we are. Some of us are not better than others. He says here, you must be reverent in fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. He goes, you gotta be reverent. While you're here on this earth, you gotta be reverent. While you're here on this earth, be different. While you're here on this earth, be holy, be holy. While you're here, be like Jesus. And he wants you to be like Jesus while you're here because when you get to heaven, you're gonna be like Jesus. There's no trying when we get to heaven. We're all perfect. 
We're all perfect when we get to heaven. There's no, there's no progression when we get to heaven. There's only progression while we're here on earth. Because I want you to be, while you're here, I want you to get ready and get used to being how you're going to be when you're in heaven. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to get to heaven. I want to get used to it. I want to get used to it. I, I saw a friend of mine, uh, Kate, yesterday, and, 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 I, and she, she saw my video skiing out at, uh, at Matt's place. <laughs> and she's like, are you like a professional skier now? I said, that was, that was, a, yeah. <laughs> that was the highlight reel. I said, that was a one and done. Like, that was a one shot. And like, that, that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. I looked at Matt that day. I said, are there any black skiers? And he goes, I, you're the first. I said, document it. You know, like, like it's just not a normal, it, it's not a normal thing. And I, I, I'm not that. But while I'm here on this earth, I want to get ready for when I get to, to heaven. I don't want a life that looks good on, on Instagram or social media. I, I want my life to be the kind of life that Christ, wants. I want to have a holy kind of life. That way I'm ready when I get to heaven. It's going to be my permanent posture when I get to heaven. Holiness is going to be my permanent posture. Worshiping Jesus, my permanent process. I want to get you, I want to do it while I'm on earth because Jesus tells us to do it. He goes, Wes, you have a shot at being holiness the way that I am, the way I'm holy. And he goes, he goes and he reminds again, don't forget, you're just a foreigner here. You're not here forever. Like you're, your life on this earth is temporary. You're not here. You're not here forever. Verse 18, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold or silver. He goes, you're, God came here to ransom your, your life. Now, in case you're trying to figure out, you're like, why is he talking about my ancestors? No one talks about my mom except for me. You, we all come from a man named Adam and Eve. That's, that's, our, that's, our, that's our lineage, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve came into earth perfect but then they sinned. And for all of humanity ever since then, we've all been sinners. For all of humanity. We all entered into the world imperfect, unrighteous sinners. But Jesus says, I came and I hijacked your old life. And I came and took you from death to life. I changed your life forever. He says here in this passage, he goes, you... You're a foreigner, he goes, but I came and I, I bought you in. I, I adopted you. We talked about that a few weeks ago in that John chapter 15 passage. Like, we're adopted, we're no longer slaves, but we're now friends of God and, and he's our father and he, he wants to take us in he's, and he's chosen us. And he goes, I bought you. He goes, the ransom I pay was not gold or silver. You're more valuable than gold or silver. Whatever it is in here, your life, I was talking to students, say, whatever it is that you're selling out to, God wants to buy you back from that. He wants to purchase you. And, and he said, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're worth more than, you're worth more than that. And he goes, you're better. He says it here in verse uh, 19. He goes, it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. Verse 20, God chose him. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. He goes, hey man, it's about Jesus. It's about your relationship with Jesus. It's about the blood of Jesus. I heard someone say recently, uh, I was listening to a podcast, and he basically said, that this pastor was saying, that everyone comes to me and goes, oh, I'm leaving the church because I want to find something deeper. I want to find something deeper. And this pastor said something that was so powerful. He goes, there's nothing deeper than Jesus. There's nothing deeper than the blood of Jesus. 
I heard a guy, I heard a guy recently say, I was talking to someone else about it. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was, maybe it was you, but basically the guy was telling me that he's like, I just tell people at my church, like, until you do all that you're supposed to, that, until you start doing all the things that you know you're supposed to do, there's no need for us to go any deeper. We know there's so many things that we could be doing to be, be like Jesus, to be different, but we're not even doing all those things, he says. I think this passage, he goes, I want you to ever forget that it's, it's the blood of Jesus. I bought you, you were ransomed. I want you to live a different kind of, I want you to live a different kind of life. He goes, verse 21, he goes, um, yeah, verse 21, he goes, through Christ you've come to trust in God. And you've placed your faith in God because he raised Christ from the dead and he gave him great glory. He goes, Jesus isn't just another God. He is the God. He came, he died, and he arose again. He goes, that's what you, I want to remind you, that's what you placed your faith and trust in. You're not placing your faith in your, this is not your mama's faith. Or that. This isn't convenient kind of faith. This isn't cultural kind of faith. He goes, you've placed your faith in the blood of Jesus. I don't know about you guys in here today, but blood is, blood is gross. I, we, our, our gym just did a, a thing for, um, for, for, the, for the pulse shooting that happened. And um, I, remember, um, the, I remember that vividly because that day Chris was supposed to be here. Um, but instead of being here, he, he was there. And I remember them telling me the scenes of what that, what that place looked like. And I just don't ever want to forget how powerful blood is. I don't ever want to get how powerful the blood of Jesus is in my life. I don't want to just remember it when we take communion. I want to remember the blood of Jesus every single day. I want to remember his body every single day because it's changed my life. It gave me, it gave me, it gave me a hope. It, it's changed my life. I got a tattoo on my back of a cross. And I remember when I got that tattoo, my mother-in-law was so ticked at me. She goes, what are you going to tell people when they, when they say, man, or you, I was a youth pastor. She goes, what are you going to tell those, people, or those kids when they say, you have a tattoo? I'm going to say, that cross changed my life. The cross has changed, changed my life forever. It's what it did. And, and I, want, I, don't know, I don't ever want us to forget that as a community. Verse 22, he goes, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers in Christ. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, but not a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal life, the living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. He says, I got you. God's got you. People come, people go, but you want to stake your life on the blood of Jesus, on the cross of Jesus, and on his word, because his word's going to last forever. This word, the reason why God's word works still today is because God knew that we would need it, and God wrote it so that it would work for all of, all of eternity. There's a reason why it's the bestseller of all time. It's the God's word still works. If you're trying to figure out, and you're, if you're trying to go back to the very first verse that we read in verse 13, if you're trying to think clearly, he goes, hey, God's word still works. If you're trying to look different, God's word still works. God's word will work forever. Jesus says, I am that word. And the word is the good news that was preached to you. This will last forever. This will last forever. So I want to give you a couple things that I think may help you today. If you're going to look holy and you're like, man, I want, to try to, I want to try to grasp that, Wes. What does that look like? And how am I supposed to act? And what am I supposed to look like? I want you to know this before we go any further. Holiness is not works. Holiness is not works. There's a lot of churches out there that are selling this idea of if you want to be holy, if you want to be a Jesus follower, then you have to do da 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 da
And if we're not careful, that becomes a slippery slope. And when we fall back into our old ways, like he says, don't fall back to it, into it, we say, well, I'm going to do some things. I'm going to start doing some I'm going to start doing some good things so that I look like, so I look like Jesus. And so I, so I start to work again. And Jesus wants you to know that if you're going to be holy the way he's holy, you, I need you to know this today, that holiness, it's not work. So I don't want you to think it's work today. I want to lead off with that. It's not going to be on the screen, I don't think. But I want to lead off with that because I want you to hang on to that. that holiness, it's not works. If you get anything from today, just know this. When you walk here today, I don't want you thinking, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to be holy, so I'm going to start giving. Or I want to be holy, so I'm going to start, I'm going to sign up for, to be in the dream team. You ought to do that, you ought to serve, you ought to give, you ought to help, you ought to do all those things, but you, you, you can't do it because you're trying to become more holy. So I want to give you three things that I think we all ought to have, that we all ought to, we all ought to have to, if we're going to be holy. I think this, you've got to have some holy thoughts. You've got to have some holy thoughts. He goes, hey, remember how you think. Like, if you want to think, you've got to think holy. You've got to begin to think Holy, holy. I, I wrote down this in my notes that what you think, it matters. What you think, it, it matters. I, I listened to a guy by the name of Ben Bergeron. He's a, he's a, he's a CrossFit coach. But, and I was listening to this podcast and he, and he said this the other day. He goes, if you're going to go out and be a, if you're going to go out and be an athlete or you're going to be successful, then you got to think successfully. And one of the things that he says is, he goes, you, if you win the morning, you can win the day. If you win the morning, you can win the day. One of the other things he says is this. He goes, you got to start tell, you got to start talking to yourself and start thinking a different kind of way. And so he says, this, if you're going to train, you're going to wake up and says, I'm going to train tomorrow. I'm going to train tomorrow. And one of the things that he says is he, he says, don't ever do this. He goes, don't ever hit snooze on your alarm clock. This is practical stuff. He said, because you're the first decision you make in the daytime is either you're going to get up or snooze. He goes, if you can start the day off making some good decisions, that's good. That's good, right? Like, that's good practice. Like, get up and win. So on, on, I listened to that Thursday. I was in, my, my wife gets mad at me on road trips because I like to put, earbud, I like to put ear, earbuds in. And they're all sleeping. They're not driving. They're enjoying the scenery. And I think I should be able to fill myself up and listen. So I, it is kind of selfish. She's like, you're in your own little world over there. And I'm like, I am. You're like, I don't even care. You're right. Like, we both agree on something, you know, like marriage win. You know, like, <clears throat> I'm, I am. He, so the, the, I, Thursday morning, I, I, I got back Thursday night late. We stayed up and talked with Alex for an hour. It's like we're in college again. We just stayed up late and hanging out. The next morning, I was like, I am not going to hit snooze the next morning. I'm going to win the day. I'm going to win the morning by winning the day. And I woke up that morning at my 6 o'clock. I just rolled out of bed and I got up. And I went straight to my 7 a.m. And it, my day just started good. You got to have some... You got to have some holy, some holy thoughts. You got to, if you get up, and I, I wrote down this morning, you got to give God, give God the first five tomorrow. Can you give God five minutes tomorrow morning? If you wake up tomorrow and you put in some God in you, like there's no works, like I said, it's not about works. You wake up tomorrow morning and put some God in you. You wake up tomorrow morning and when you make that long commute to wherever it is that you're going, because God knows we're all traveling far, you just put on, you just do what I did this morning. I got in my car today and I opened up the Bible app and I went to, I, I opened it and I, I, I put in First Peter. That's what we're reading today. And I wanted to listen to the scripture today. Just like this, I want you to hear it. Chapter two. So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy. They need a better voice for it. and all unkind speech. That's how I started my day. And when that was over, for a little, I, I listened to it twice. 
And then I put in the worship song because I wanted to know the worship songs because I, when I get to the front row and I get in your day, I want to make sure that I'm worshiping. I, if, you can't, if you give God the first five, Joel always says give God the first 15. That's a long time. Give God the first five today. Like, you did, Wes, you just said that God doesn't deserve the first 15 minutes. That's not exactly what I said. But give God, start with, maybe for you it's, it's a minute. It's just a minute. If you can win the morning, you can win the day. The Bible says this, um, that so, so are your thoughts. Proverbs talks about your thoughts. So, so the way your thoughts go is the way you go. The way your thoughts go are the way you go. And by the way, just so you, just so you can remember this, you allow what goes in your mind. You allow what goes in your mind. What's, be like, why do you listen to worship music all the time? Because I want to make sure I'm putting the right stuff in there. Because when I have holy thoughts, I can have some holy words. It's the second thing, holy words. What you say, friends, in here today, what you say matters. Let me illustrate. I told Alex I was going to talk about her today. Friday, Saturday is the hardest workout of the week at the gym we go to, CrossFit Winter Garden. It's the hardest day. I walk in on Friday and Alex says, she's already embarrassed already. She's mad and embarrassed simultaneously because she knows what's about to go down. She goes, oh, I'm going to the gym tomorrow with Maggie. And I said, I said, that's awesome. I said, Saturday is the hardest day of the week. I said, one of the, for example, I said, we did this workout on Easter where you had to hold 95 pounds, in, like a crucifixion carry. Just the way G is to remind us of the cross. I love that. Like, that's huge. Like, going to a, a gym and, and, and thinking about the crucifixion. I just think that you can mix Jesus with anything. But I said, Saturdays are hard. And she goes, oh, then I probably won't go. And I was like, you're I said, you're better. I don't know how it went down, but I basically thought, I, I, I went to tell you today. And here's what I thought. I, 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 went, I got up that next morning. I went and got my hair cut. And as I'm pulling into the, in my house at 9 o'clock, I... 9, 9, 9, 10 o'clock, I realized that she, her car hasn't left. So I walked in the door and the first things out of my mouth were, is, is you're a loser. Who does that? Here's the point. You allow what goes in your mind. And if you think, oh, I can't do that. You're not going to go in. You're not going to go in and do it. At our gym, we can see the workout at 12.01 for the next day. And people look at that and say, well, I'm not going to go and do that. If you wake up and tell yourself, I'm not going to win, you're not going to win. So your thoughts go, so your words go. Well, I, I can't, I don't think I can do it. And then you say, I'm not gonna do it. And then what happens is that your actions fall, you, you, you don't do it. And so I want you to know that you have to have holy thoughts and you have to have holy words. The Bible says this, the tongue can bring death or life. You can say where you're going. People get mad about that, I don't like that. I don't like that. I wanna declare Romans 8:28 over everything. So you are good, you are good. Oh God, I wanna declare God is good all the time. That way when things happen, I've said it so many times, I've declared it so many times that when storms happen, because storms happen, I know storms happen. I saw someone post today, what happened? Did, so, did someone tell you that life was gonna be easy? What, I remember I said, what happened? Did someone tell you it was gonna be easy? Like it's not easy. These guys are running from the life. Their, their moms, their dads, their brothers and sisters are being dipped in wax. They're being shoved on a stake and they're being used as a candle. Life's not easy. But if you have, you gotta have holy thoughts. And if you have holy thoughts, usually what comes in your, what's in your mind comes out of your, of your mouth. The tongue can bring death or life. I know about the tongue. Um, and I'm not nailing it in all this, by the way. The tongue, it matters. You can speak life or death. I'm on vacation. I walk into the game room. 
And this little kid's there. And he's like, he said, hey, to this girl. And I, he was playing air hockey. You know where this is going, Dukes. I said, bro, I'll play you. I, you know, listen, one thing you know about me, winning's winning. I don't care if I'm playing against a three-year-old or a 33-year-old. I want to win. It's just my life. <clears throat> and and I'm, I'm going easy on him. And he's that kid. He's like, have you seen The Hangover? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I said, no, but my brother-in-law has seen it. He's told me all about it. <laughs> I said, I haven't seen it. And he goes, my, uh, he goes, my, my, my uncle, he produced that. I said, that's awesome. So now I'm hitting it harder. He's just a punk little kid. Just, well, that's, all he, that's what he was. He was a punk little kid. And he's just going. And so my, my kids are driving a little race car game. And Judas and dad, 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 he goes, come do the gas for me. So I'm doing the gas for him. And Tripp goes, I'll play you. Now we've been there for four days. My kids are son, you know, the sons beat them down. He's just, so Tripp's like, I'll play you. Nice. He's just one of the, you're one of the nicest kids I know. Sweet. Out of, out of all my kids, he's in the top two nicest. Let me be a little more clear. My boys are sweet. My, they are. They're just, they're sweet kids. I'm just going to call it like it is, Alex. My boys are sweet. They're nice kids. And this kid is drilling them. He's just drilling trip. And I'm pushing the gas, and I'm looking over, and I'm like, holy thoughts, holy words. I'm going to kill this kid. So he, he drills trip. He's like, want to play again? Trip's like, yeah. You know, he's just so chill, so chill. And I go, um, he goes, hey, mister. And he's going, bam. I mean, he's just, he's just drilling. He's, he's got the sound effects. You know why I don't like the kid? Because the kid on the other end was me. That, that, that's how I'd be acting if I was that kid. So I know that's, I know that's wrong because I'm, I'm that kid. So the kid goes, hey, mister, you want to play me now? I said, no, you're annoying. <laughs> he, the kid looked at me. And I could see the eyes staring at me. It wasn't his dad. It was my seven-year-old son. He goes, just like this. I could cry telling you the story. He looks at me, he goes, that wasn't very nice. <laughs> and I'm like, holy cow. You know what came out of my mouth next? The next thing out of my mouth, that was wrong, I know that. But the next words out of my mouth were holy. Cause, so a trip walked away and I'm just like, he shouldn't have done that. I'm back to pressing the gas pedal again. Like that kid deserved that. And then the Holy Spirit is just punching me in the spleen. I don't even know where my spleen's at, but he's punching me. Spleen seems more intense than kidney. Like I know where my kidney's at. And, and, and the Holy Spirit was like, you're, that's, those aren't holy words. But you know what are holy words in case you're wondering? Like I, I, there's no words. I went to my son and said, hey son. He said, come here. He comes up to me. I mean, he is just fried mentally. The son is just worried about He looks up at me and he goes, I said, hey, son. He goes, yeah. He goes, I said, I, dad should have not have said that. I said, that was wrong. I should have done that. Asking for forgiveness, if you struggle with that, forgiveness, those are holy words. Because I don't want you to think, well, holy words are walking out here and say, you know, walking out here and say, hey, God, you know, start saying, God loves you, and God loves you, and, you know, and walking out and saying these and thousands, quoting scripture, those, those are, that's, there's nothing wrong with all those things, but forgiveness, those are some holy, for, I'm sorry, 
You wanna be like Jesus? I mean, Jesus, he was the king of forgiveness. Why that we can't master forgiveness when we serve the, the giver of forgiveness? Our whole faith is built around forgiveness, holy thoughts, holy words, and then here's the third thing. You should have some holy actions. Holy actions. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, so whether you eat or whether you drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Di and I were talking about drinking yesterday, drinking alcohol, and we were having this conversation, and I'm just gonna leave it there, but the, we were talking about what that looks like wherever we go, whatever it is that we do. And, and I was, what we were saying was that we, we left and we're, you know, we're having this conversation and it was one of those conversations where we're working throughout and what it looks like. And, and, and here's what I know. Whatever it is that you're doing, whether you're eating or whether you're drinking, whatever it is that you're doing, we ought to be bringing glory to God. Those are holy. You ought to have holy actions. That's what he's saying. He's like, your actions ought to be holy. Where you're, wherever you go tomorrow, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that, whatever it is that you're saying, whatever it is that you're thinking, are those things going to be holy tomorrow? So I, I wrote down a, a couple things that, and, and the band can come up. I, I'm done. You guys can come on. I, I love it. I, this is Mother Teresa. And this isn't biblical at all, but I love the, what she said. She said this, holiness is doing God's will with a smile on your face. Again, it's not biblical because I told you it's not about words, but basically she's saying, hey, going out and do, going, her, her take on it was holiness is doing God's will with a smile on your face. You, you ought to want to go out and, and, and do it. Last week, um, we set up every single Saturday here and, and I love when Shibs comes with Matt because Shibs is, that kid is full of joy. Like if his joy tank is always full. I don't know what it's like when he's down. I've never seen that yet, but he's always hopped up and ready to go. I was telling Alex last night, I said, Josh is always hopped up and ready to go. So holiness is doing God's will with a smile on your face. This, I love this. I was gone for four days. I couldn't wait to get this Saturday set up. I couldn't wait because I knew I was going to see my friends from church. They were going to go out to eat together. I, I couldn't wait for that. And like, obviously, I couldn't wait till today. I love Sunday. Sunday's my favorite day of the week. Holiness leads. Oh, so let me give you a couple things that I wrote down. Um, here they are. Holiness leads to happiness. A lot of people think, I want to be happy. I just want to be happy. And so we go out and we start manufacturing happiness. And if you've, if you've studied happiness, a.k.a. your life, you realize that happiness is temporary. The only happiness that lasts forever is the happiness that comes from Jesus. The only way to be happy is to be holy. I don't have a lot of desires for a lot of things because I have, I have Jesus. I have, I, I'm trying to be holy. Holiness, it, it leads to happiness. Someone who is holy is not struggling. They're holy, they're having, if you're having holy thoughts and you're having holy actions and you're having holy words, like things are kind of going in the right kind of direction, that makes you happy. When you think clearly, that makes you happy. When you're serving, that makes you, that for most people, whether you're lost or, or whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, that usually makes you happy. Being like Jesus will make you happy. Being like Jesus will make you happy. So maybe you're here today and say, Wes, how do I become holy? This is it. Holiness comes from the Holy Spirit. You like what I did there? It was a little play on words. Holiness, it comes from the Holy Spirit. You already have what's inside of you to be holy. You already have what's inside of you to be holy. It's the Holy Spirit. You have it. You probably haven't been holy for all this time because you didn't know that you have what it takes to be holy, but all along, the whole long, all along, it's been right inside of you. 
I was at the barbershop yesterday and this lady in, the, in this, this pastor was getting, I'm getting a haircut and there's next to me, um, Stefan's brother Ronnie is cutting their pastor's, his pastor's hair. And the pastor was saying, he was saying, he said something that was, was funny and then he said something that, was, that really stuck in my mind, but he was talking about when the Holy Spirit fills you up. And they were talking about catching the Holy Spirit. And, and he was saying, a lot of these guys, y'all get, y'all get filled up and he goes, and then y'all walk out of the church building. He goes, y'all got to stay there. He's like, when y'all get filled with the Holy Spirit, he goes, stay in there. He goes, that, he goes that's encouraging to see you get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the pastor says something like, the pastor says something that was so powerful. He goes, that somebody else may need your breakthrough. Somebody else may need your breakthrough while they're waiting for their breakthrough. Somebody else. So you're here today, you're thinking, man, I just want to be holy, I want to be holy, I want to be holy. You have what it takes. It's inside of you. It's already in there. You have to embrace that.